0: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, May the 2nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the 360 series rolls on with Dolphins' second round draft pick, number 42 overall, tight end Mike Gesicki. No guest today, but we'll unwrap this new toy for Adam Gaze and Ryan Tannehill, telling you what his inclusion to the offense means, breaking down his strengths and weaknesses, and trying to figure out why he has half of Dolphins Twitter blocked. But first, before any of that, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review there. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL, the best follow on Dolphins Twitter, and follow the show at LockdownFins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the Kalen Balaj piece up from yesterday, as well as Mike Gusecki's piece from today. There is plenty more in that piece that I can get to today with both gifs as well as graphics up there. So check that out right now, PFF stats, the gifs like I mentioned, some stuff from his RAS scorecard, all of that included, as well as the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's get going. That's another Miami Dolphins. And the first thing I wanted to get into talking about Mike gasecki was some of his numbers and production that he had from PFF. Pro Football Focus, of course, our friends here with the Fan Rag, as well as Locked On Network, we are all associated into one. So sharing their information, their draft guide they have on all these guys is really as good as Gold Guys. If you haven't checked it out yet, I would highly recommend that you do. But just looking at some of the ranks that he had in the country based upon what other tight ends did, and you get the sense of just what type of player he is, both as a vertical threat, red zone threat, all that stuff, the explosive plays that come from the tight end position that this team hasn't had in a long, long time. And really, it's a rare trait for any NFL team to have. Those unique tight ends, those detached pieces, those guys that can flex out wide and make big plays down the field and catch touchdowns for you are so, so rare. You think about Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey, you know, we go back to Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. Any given year, you're going to have maybe three or four of those beastly tight ends, whereas wide receivers, you know, you can name off 25, 30 guys that you can really point to as top-level, quality-wide receivers. So getting a tight end and the matchup piece they offer is such a unique blend. And you go over what Mike Gusecki did from a yards-per-route-run standpoint, his deep pass reception standpoint at Penn State. He had 1.51 yards-per-route-run. So every route that he runs in a pass route, so it could be even as a decoy, all that stuff goes into it. He ranked at 1.51 yards-per-route-run. That's 15th best in the country among tight ends. And there were some good gifs, both on my Twitter as well as CK Perry. It's Twitter on Twitter talking about kind of how Trace McSorley didn't always see Gasecki streaking down the sidelines or up the seam with wide open pass routes. So he definitely got knocked in that department a little bit, but he still was able to contribute in a big time way. And as a vertical threat down the field, deep pass receptions, he was 13th best in the nation in terms of catching passes over 20 yards down the field. And he had 70 deep yard pass receiving yards, 16th best in the country. Doesn't drop a lot of balls. 33rd best in the country at 3.8% of his drops. And of course, 218 of his yards came out of the slot. That was 10th best in the country. And it just goes back to some of the things that James Franklin talked about, the Penn State head coach, in terms of what his athletic ability offers the team. Now, he was competing with Saquon Barkley in the weight room all the time. Of course, Saquon Barkley has every record imaginable at Penn State but a guy like Gasecki was right behind him and really would have been impressive in that weight room if not for the freakish measurables that Saquon Barkley posted each and every day there. So James Franklin talked about the fact that every time they had a dunk contest at Penn State, he did that for his players often. Mike Gasecki won all of those. He was always competitive in the weight room. So definitely a big workout guy, gonna put the work in for you. Now, as far as film goes and what he looks like on tape as an actual football player, I can't express the importance of how how just important wide receiver routes are from the tight end in this offense. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the second segment, but his ability to make cuts in and out of breaks at the top of the route to get defensive backs turned around. He is more than just a run to a spot type of tight end. And that's kind of what tight ends do a lot of time in the NFL. They have landmarks or they have certain areas they just kind of drift to and kind of turn around and wait for the ball to get there. But he can turn defensive backs completely around. He can make contested catches with the best of them. Nine out of 12 contested catches he hauled in that was number one in the country at 75%. He's a ready-made tight end to fill in for the slot production vacated by Jarvis Landry. We talked about the fact that he was 10th in the country with 218 slot receiving yards, according to profootballfocus.com. He also caught four touchdowns from the slot, third best in college football among tight ends. And you look at his route running and just how savvy of a route runner he is with a huge, huge catch radius. He is strong at the point of attack. He is nuanced in the sense that he knows how to press a DB's toes. And what they mean by that is just getting on top of that DB as fast as you can, setting him up for your break to get on top of him and down the field for a big explosive play. And one thing that Joel Klatt, he is a college football analyst for Fox. He goes on the Move the Sticks podcast sometime. He was there on draft night, day two. He discussed how volleyball requires a player to generate their power while their feet are off the ground. So they have to kind of contort themselves and find a way to get power while suspended in the air. That's one of the reasons he is so phenomenal at bringing down jump balls and out-rebounding guys in that sense. So definitely a freak athlete. And we got to talk about the blocking and where he's capable and where he's not. And blocking, really, we talked about it a lot in the podcast, is just the, the will to be a good blocker is the most important thing. Technique obviously goes into it too. He has the power from the lower base. We know that he has that. But he's going to have to commit himself more to being a blocking tight end in this offense because you'll see on the piece, we'll talk about it here in a minute, what tight ends have to do in this offense to be a heavy contributor in this offense. But he has a couple of things he does pretty well, and that's the crackback, more commonly known as the wham block, where he comes across the formation on a counter type of play or an inside zone type of play and seals off the backside edge just by coming across and basically getting in the way. You just have to have your feet squared under your shoulders and you have to make a good strong punch, and that should do it in terms of sealing off that edge, and that's an area he's okay at as well. You know, He can get to the second level and get in the way of guys. He puts a real effort in towards actually refining his ability to create leverage and get in that way and do those seal blocks. He just can't do it at the point of attack. He's not going to line up in line and blow guys off the ball, but as long as you're not calling on those type of plays and expecting him to do that, you'll be just fine. He worked at it on the senior bowl. It just didn't look like it was for him. He has to find a way to refine his technique in that way. And I'm sure he'll have every opportunity to go ahead and do that in Miami under Adam Gaze. We have a lot more to talk about regarding Mike Gusecki on this podcast, the Mike Gaseki 360 podcast here on, Locked on Dolphins, LockedOnDolphins.com, at WingfieldNFL, at LockdownFins. In that first segment, I talked about Gaseki's ability to do certain things and, and kind of how he would be included into this offense. And how much he would play in this offense and what the scheme fit is for him. And I talk all the time about why ISO matchups. And I actually posted an image on LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys can go ahead and find that to get a better idea of it and just what it means. Basically, it creates a matchup on the backside of the formation. You have three receivers set to the right side, let's call it. Let's call the backside the left side of the formation. And you get an opportunity where you can go tight end and running back versus a safety linebacker combination. And that's something that offenses want to go ahead and exploit, especially when you have the type of speed and athleticism that guys like Mike Gusecki or Kenyon Drake or even Jakeem Grant back there can offer you in those types of formations so you look at what his RAS score rating was the relative athletic scorecard he's the third highest graded tight end in the history of that project it takes into account these guys as measurables of the scouting combine from a size standpoint explosive standpoint speed all that stuff that goes into their workouts in Indianapolis that is courtesy of at math bomb on Twitter so check that out he has a bunch of that stuff and I posted a bunch of those images both on the Mike Gusecki piece as well as the other guys in this draft class as well so you can check out all of that on Locked Dolphins.com, but they tried doing this type of concept with the backside isolation with both Julius Thomas, Jordan Cameron, Deion Sims, and it just flat out didn't work. We've talked about the tight ends that they've had under Adam Gaze in his past, whether it's Vernon Davis, Marcus Pollard, Martellus Bennett, Zach Miller, whoever he had, he had Exceptional tight ends capable of doing this. And you go back to Julius Thomas in Denver, that was his bread and butter, catching all those touchdown passes from Peyton Manning in that record setting year. So you're hoping to get more out of that from a guy like Mike Gasecki because Cameron Sims and Thomas, you know, the later version of Julius Thomas with the Miami Dolphins version of Julius Thomas. They were just too sluggish out of their breaks. They can't create separation, nor are they anywhere near as good with contested catches. So this really limited the Dolphins' offense in terms of being able to use both sides of the field and getting mismatches set up everywhere on the field. So a player like Gasecki allows the offense to go back to the hurry-up offense that they wanted to employ in 2016 as he serves as both tight end and wide receiver. And you kind of think about how difficult the Pats were to defend back when they had that murderer playing tight end for them. You kind of get the same idea for the Dolphins offense with Mike Gasecki. So With a stable of pass-catching backs behind you, they can isolate that backside with Gasecki and get Drake, Balazs, like I mentioned, even Jakeem Grant, maybe even Albert Wilson into the backfield for some of that misdirection, jet sweep, shovel pass up the middle type of stuff that we're going to see a lot more of this year. And if you get man coverage, that is extremely difficult to cover because you can simply outflank a linebacker with speed. And if you get Kenyon Drake running against a weak side linebacker, I think you're going to win that about 99% of the time. Now, if a team goes zone, On you, you can displace those zone drops with drive concepts. And what drive concepts are is basically high low and trying to run crossing routes to get the linebackers out of their zones sitting underneath in the middle of the field. And you can do it with basically running two different routes occupying the same area. And you can do it with two receivers from the same side of the formation, or you can split them up on either side of the formation. And it can force a linebacker to jump to the backside and then you flood that area vacated by that linebacker with a drag route. So if you think back to the Jets game, the, fir- the second Jets game when the Dolphins won, Matt Moore threw a touchdown pass to Kenny Stills over the middle of the field and it was down in the red zone, down close to the goal line I believe it was and they had a 11 personnel Y ISO situation and the Jets were in zone coverage in the end zone and Kenny Stills basically flashed right across the end zone and came into a vacated area Matt Moore threw a terrible pass but Kenny Stills hauled in with a one-handed catch for a Dolphins touchdown I have that gif up on LockedOnDolphins.com the Mike Gusecki piece if you want to check that out for yourself so there's just so many options a player like this can give you in terms of displacing both man and zone coverage. And Gesecki, really, as a rookie, I, I know it's a lot to put on a guy's plate, especially when you consider the fact that rookies essentially have a 12 month season their first year in, going from the bowl game to getting ready for the combine to all the workouts that go into that, mini camps and OTAs as the rookie camps start here soon for the Miami Dolphins. Then basically, you have June, July that's somewhat to yourself once camps get over, and then you have to come back in August for training camp, and then it's a 16 game season. So it's a long, long haul for these rookies. But the tight end in this offense really if Gaze had it his way would play 800 of the 1000 snaps about 80% of the total snaps and that doesn't even take into account the idea that he might be a prime a uh, primary fixture of the 12 personnel packages as well. So he should get plenty of targets. He should be a total force in the red zone and not just a red zone piece, but a guy between the 20s that can actually be the focal point of a passing game. So he has every opportunity to make the Pro Bowl in this offense. I just, I'm really excited about what he offers. Ryan Tannehill has never had a piece like this. If we have a Jimmy Graham type in this offense, it just opens things up so much for all of these other speed receivers and backs. And there is just a lot of explosion on this offense and a lot of guys to deal with. And the fact that it could become a week-to-week offense where you just game plan based on what the defense does across the other side of the ball from you. So that's kind of Mike Gaseki's scouting report in a nutshell. What about his personality? He's kind of hard guy to figure out if you go to Google searches and just type in the key buzzwords that I tend to do for these types of quotes and, and talking about his... Work ethic and all that stuff. But we'll talk about that on the other side here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. If you guys have been a fan of the Draft series I've been doing on lockdowndolphins.com, whether it was the pre draft stuff talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, as well as all the linebackers that were in play for Miami at that 11th overall pick, or the stuff with Kalen Balaj and Minka Fitzpatrick now as a Dolphin and now the Mike Gasecki one. You guys know that I've used a lot of coaches' quotes or trying to find different blurbs from players, coaches, guys that have played against him, that type of thing, and finding out what type of character and what type of mentality they bring to the practice field, to film sessions, to all the stuff that goes into the game. And Mike Gusecki a, a hard guy to figure out if you're just doing a Google search. And usually what I will do is I'll go in and I'll type in work ethic, character, coach's quotes, I'll type in his coach's name, and you just don't find a lot about him. I've heard him speak in interviews on television, whether it's a YouTube video, and he's a well-spoken interview. He's definitely well put together. He has his head on straight, but There just aren't any quotes out there about what kind of guy he is. He wasn't a captain at Penn State, so I'm not really sure what that means. It's there for you to take it how you want it, and the fact that I can't find stuff on him on Google, I guess that's there for you too to decipher on your own, but I just haven't come across a guy that was this highly regarded as an athlete and as a football player that I couldn't find quotes on, so very strange. And The last thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to his personality was the fact that he has... So much of Dolphin's Twitter blocked. Now I thought I was unique in the sense that when I first looked him up on Twitter after the Dolphins drafted him, that I couldn't find his page. And I go over to the Locked On Dolphins account to find out that I'm not blocked there. So he hasn't blocked me on that account, but my main account at Wingfield NFL is blocked. And come to find out, he's blocked quite a few of you guys as well on Twitter. So now, I'm not sure what the deal with that is. I know that Ben Roethlisberger's account ha- has the same thing, where he blocks a ton of media people and the like. But to have just random fans blocked on Twitter, for me, I thought it was my comment on drafttech.com on my draft analysis. I actually had Mike Gasecki going to the Dolphins at pick 42 in that mock draft for a long, long time. And the blurbs we had to write were a negative and a positive. As my negative, I put the same one that every single other draft scout did and said that he's really not a good blocker. My exact term was a useless appendage, which may have been harsh. I'll give him that. But I thought that was the fact, or I thought that was what got me blocked by him, but come to find out, he's blocking everybody. So I just, I think it's probably an agent or someone that wanted to scrub Twitter of all these negative comments and just kind of get them out of there and make it so they couldn't get into Gusecki's main account. If that's the case, you know, he needs to go back and rectify that because that's not a good way to endure yourself to a fan base. It really is a very, very small, minuscule thing on the grand scheme of things, but at the same time. If he has a couple of bad games, I just I don't want to see it compound itself and snowball into a much bigger deal than it really is. So get that fixed, Mike. Come back to us. Join us on Dolphins Twitter. We're a good bunch for the most part. You can avoid about 5% of Dolphins Twitter and have a good time. So we'll have more of these coming in the coming week, including Jerome Baker tomorrow on Thursday and Durham Smythe on Friday. We're going to get into the rest of the draft picks sometime next week. I'll probably combine all of the later round guys, the Cornell Armstrong, Quentin Poling, and then Jason Sanders. I don't really know how I'm going to do a podcast on a kicker, but we're going to get all three of those guys probably on the same podcast next week and talk about them, as well as the undrafted free agents. Because there's a couple of guys in that list that really garner some interest in watching in terms of what they will do in camp, and you just know that two or three of these guys are going to make the roster. It happens every single year. The Dolphins have a pretty good history of finding undrafted guys, so check that out. We actually have a piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now from one of our writers, Andrew Mitchell on LockedOnDolphins.com Undrafted Free Agents, and check out the written version of this podcast once again on LockedOnDolphins.com. I posted a ton of gifs in that thread. I better explain the why ISO with graphics to show you what's up with that, what tight ends are expected to do this offense with a direct quote from Ryan Tannehill, shared some more of that data from profootballfocus.com, and I shared some scouting notes from Lance Zerlein. But that will do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Winfield NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and follow our flagship show at Lockdown NFL, both on Twitter and Facebook. Check out the number one-rated blog in the On Lockdown Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the Jerome Baker 360 episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.